Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hi, listeners. Welcome to State of the Economy podcast. Gold has been seesawing this year. A month ago, it had ruled over rupees sixty thousand per ten gram, a new peak. It has now come off the cliff. The high prices affected demand for the yellow metal during the January-March quarter this year. Demand for gold dropped 17% in the first quarter of this year. In 2022, also demand dropped sharply. In this situation, what does gold hold for the rest of the year? To share his views, we have Mr. P. R. Somasundaram, World Gold Council Regional CEO in India. Welcome to the State of Economy podcast, sir. How has uh, India's demand for gold been in the current quarter? Uh, that's the second quarter of 2023, uh, because it had dropped 17% in the first quarter. It dropped in 2022 also. And uh, for your, uh, for the for your uh, information, this morning I had gone to a jewelry shop. I was seeing a good amount of crowd because somebody was buying, say, for about 2.3 lakhs or something uh, as well. So I just want to know what's your say. I mean, what's your take on how the de- demand for India gold will be in the second quarter of 2020 thank you very much first of all when we say second quarter we are talking about the calendar year so people yeah. should be the yeah, calendar year so this is the june quarter we are talking yeah. about yeah first of all the uh, march quarter which is what we call as the first quarter globally as the calendar year it was down 17% in india we all know that the primary reason was the sharp increase in the prices in january which have actually held back consumers from doing their normal buy okay and both jewelry and barsam coins they suffered we have seen the same trend continue into the second quarter as well the second quarter is not fully completed yet so we had of course akshaya tritiya which is one of the biggest one day function in the second quarter and people do look forward to it and then followed by wedding season what we heard is that the purchases have not been very great while the mood about gold is positive the concern about the sharp run up in price which is really touched 64500 actually including all taxes when you go to the store is something which the consumers have not come to accept yes they want to be very sure that it's not a blip and it is a secure price increase so the same the problem of higher costs versus for whole consume absolutely it is it is something which we have seen not just this year any time the prices run up 2019 uh, consumers tend to wait uh, and see oh is it a real price increase that i can now go enter the market or you know two weeks or a month later is it going to drop down so what we heard from the jewelers is footfalls are high but the unit purchases have come down and more and more people are recycling old jewelry rather than buying new jewelry so they really want to buy the new designs but what they are apparently doing is bringing old jewelry um, uh, you know uh, exchanging it so uh, the third quarter what you call is the october uh, i mean september quarter now that is a going that is a season of festivals we've got a lot of festivals coming up september and october october also we'll have and probably this year it will also extend to november the festival season say i would say that september october november how how do you see the demand going forward for gold especially during the festival season and what are the factors that are likely to drive 
demand for gold? You see, uh, demand for gold in India is driven by jewelry purchases. And jewelry purchases are linked to weddings and, uh, as you rightly said, all these festivals that we talk about. So when we look at the quarter three, which is the September quarter, very important factor for a positive sentiment in the third quarter is monsoon. If monsoons happen to be good and well distributed, they have started late, but they can still be very good. The sentiment will be up. It is not like if monsoons uh, are a little deficient, we are going to go into a major deficit. We are not the country 20 years ago when we couldn't handle these things. We will still handle it, but still it will depress the mood, the sentiment. Therefore, you may have a little bit of reticence in uh, people spending money if the monsoons are not good. But it looks like the monsoons could be good, although they have started late, which means the sentiment will build up. And if the prices hold up, what I mean is if they either continue to move up or they remain in this range with small, not much volatility, you will find consumers come in and buy in a big way from the Ganesh Chaturthi. Generally, it starts with Ganesh Chaturthi after the monsoons here. It will be very, very big. Uh, there are fears of El Nino setting in and uh, the Australian Bureau of Metrology has said that indications are for El Nino setting in. Will that also have some impact? See, as I said, monsoons have an impact on the sentiment and on the rural buying in particular. You know, you are you are going to really see a situation where uh, not just gold, even, uh, you know, FMCG and other stuff may be affected. You know, luxury goods may be affected. But it is not going to see the kind of distress that a, a monsoon, like uh, a problem in the monsoon puts is not like what it was 30, 20 years ago. Now it is all well managed. You know, people okay. and the government's ability to manage has improved. But that doesn't mean the sentiment is, is going to be very upbeat. Okay. Therefore, if there is, as some people have predicted, but some have also predicted it's going to be very normal. Some have predicted that it is going to be significantly uh, in deficit. And uh, you are going to see visible uh, uh, demonstration of that. Then you may see the sentiment getting affected, which means gold may also face a little bit of uh, what I would say slowness in demand. Uh, when you're reading a newspaper or going through news every day, you will not miss the reports of, you know, Douglas gold smuggling being caught across the across the airports in the country. And what we find is the smugglers are getting very innovative. Like a couple of weeks ago, there was a guy in Jaipur who came up saying that he had a fracture in the leg and they opened up, they found bars of gold uh, in the leg and he had no fracture. Going by WGC's view, you know, what can be done to stop this smuggling? And what do you think uh, can be done to really, you know, I know it can't be stopped, but at least bring down the cases of smuggling. So what, what in WGC's views is, is the best way? See, there are clearly, why does smuggling happen? Because people want to beat the duty. Okay, it's not like they're bringing any other form of gold. There are two, of course, there is also another issue of responsible sourcing. You know, where they get the gold from? Is it responsibly sourced? Is it not conflict-free? All those questions are never answered because you just don't have a bill to say where he sourced it from. So that is a bigger issue, which means even when smuggled gold is uh, circling in, uh, circulating in an industry, you have issues about the sourcing of gold, which today in the world is a cause for concern. You are buying conflict gold or whatever it is. But that apart, that's less of an issue because we know most of this are even sometimes uh, you even get from some jewelers outside 
India, those gold also comes in. You can actually trace it, but who brought it, you can't trace it. So sourcing is less of a problem, but duty evasion is a big problem. And once you have evaded duty, you will always sell it to people who have cash in hand, which may not be taxed here. So it promotes both ways. It promotes duty evasion. It promotes tax evasion locally. These are big issues. Now, the reason it happens is 18.5% interest, okay, or uh, duty plus GST. But there is another side to it, which the government has always been asking the industry, saying that, okay, an individual buys the uh, gold and comes it here. It's not like individuals sell it to other individuals, right? I mean, these are all a network and they sell it to the industry, the network of jewelers. So the government's point is, if you know and if your own dwellers are selling it, why are you not able to stop that? Why are you encouraging this? I'm one amongst you, your community. That is a little bit of a tricky question. Yes, 18 and a half is a stiff duty. That is truly to be brought down. So the solution is that has to be brought down because we did not see it when it was lower at 6% or whatever it is. But that is not the only uh, you know, solution. What I am trying to say is, Prices have run up by 100% in the last probably three years, correct? It's more than 100% now. Still people buy gold. So if you look at it very broadly, why should we deny? After all, it's a good investment. It is going up. It is a dollar investment. India has less dollars. So why don't we pay? If that is the case, then why are you grudging a little more taxes to the government when you want to buy gold? After all, the government is facilitating it by, uh, you know, uh, releasing um, precious dollars, correct? So that is also an argument we have to keep in mind. I am not saying duty should go up or should remain. All I'm saying is, yeah, it is good to have low duty for gold because we like gold. But to completely put the entire onus on the government to say, you know, it is all because of duty is not correct. It is also because we have a lot of issues within the industry. The industry has to also promote it, I mean, it has to build a bulwark against such uh, practices within. Then you will see how much is the gold. We, we, our estimate is about 100 tons, 120 tons comes in in a normal, you know, around 10%, 15%. It might be higher if demand goes up now and the duty remains the same. But I wouldn't put entirely the onus on the government to solve this problem. Now, the other issue that India is, is a country where, you know, Gold above the ground. India is the largest holder of the gold above the ground. So the government has been trying various schemes to tap these gold and put to good use. So what do you think, Admiral? Because they don't seem to have met that response that the government had been expecting. So yes. What... It's a very good question. India has about 30,000 tons. We said about 25,000 tons a couple of years ago. Now it should be 30. We don't have an official estimate, but let's keep it as 30,000 tons. It is what 185 lakh crores worth of investment today, right? Maybe uh, more. Now, clearly, uh, much of it is lying in walls with people waiting for a better day to encash them, right? I mean, and these are not people. These are people who are otherwise economically active in the stock market or in the real estate market or in various markets. I mean, the, in the organized financial system, because today, organized financial system, because of digital, has penetrated every aspect of our life, correct? We know with Paytms and all that stuff. And when we go and uh, talk to a banker, we, you know, 
we argue about banking charges, vaulting fees. If you see a normal person does all that, but nobody has a problem keeping gold which doesn't earn any return. All right. So now, obviously, therefore, there is there is something which is not connected well. The government will definitely find useful means of uh, putting some of the gold. You are not talking about the entire 30,000 tons coming. Nobody wants You're talking about improving the recycling rate to a higher degree. Now, there are various ways you can do. One is currently it is happening this, you know, without the government doing much because the prices are high. You ask the jeweler, uh, nearly third, 40% of their uh, entire volume is uh, old gold for new gold. Now, you must encourage that. That is also a form of recycling, correct? Because the demand is met through uh, old jewelry. But government is also, there is gold for cash. People wanting to, uh, you know, make some cash. You are not returning the GST. All right. So there are probably incentives we can give for recycling market. Instead of looking at only the gold monetization scheme, we should look at it as a broader recycling market. How do we strengthen and incentivize the recycling market in India? India good delivery is one. The exchange is another. Why the exchange is important in a recycling system? Because you have a transparent price. Today, when you take into a jewelry and you have to, first of all, go into a cash uh, you can't come into the mainstream you don't know they will first of all say it is not pure okay second they will say is you know i will i will have 20 percent reduction because of this various charges then they will quote a price which you do not know whether it's a benchmark price so there are many many issues in this i think we should look at the recycling market in a holistic manner rather than just saying is, is there a bank scheme which runs it you know things like uh, being able to give gst back to the consumer if they can show a bit all those can help, but I'm not just saying that is the only thing. There are many things. Second is the tax worry. You've got to remove the tax worries in the minds of people. You have to probably give uh, uh, you know capital gains exemption for something uh, for sale of gold because people would have bought it at five thousand if they want to now sell it at sixty thousand. And at smaller levels, you should just exempt it. Many many things can be talked about. I think it, there is a new and a fresh way of looking at it, which is important. Then there's the issue of mandatory hallmarking of gold and the unique ID. Now, how is it proceeding? By the, I mean, from July 1, they said it will come into full existence because the exemptions that were given will end on June 30. Besides, there seems to be still there, there seems to be resistance or some sort of you know opposition to that. How do you see it? You're, you're absolutely right. There is still sections of the trade which are not very convinced that it is a purely consumer protection mechanism. They still believe it is a tracking mechanism. Okay. HUID can lead to tracking purchases. Obviously, there has got to be, yes, it can be tracked. But even without HUID, you can track it now. There are videos, you know, sorry, if the tax department wants it, they can track and even in the manual uh, hallmarking system, they can track and ask you to reconcile between what you hallmarked and what you sold, because you know two different entities are making this. It's not the it's not the job. Uh, I, I mean, that's not what the government is looking for, at least as far as we know. Correct? Industry feels that oh, it is going to be traceability. That's what is being driven. Uh, but there is a bigger thing. The technology has worked. It is it's really one of the wonderful things that have happened in the gold industry globally. We should actually roll it out to other countries as well. At the moment, uh, I think it is being adopted very, very well by the organized players. And many of the compliant players, not only the organized, even the small guys, many of the compliant players, there are sections which are against it. 
Um, there are, but right now, even the organized players, some of them I have seen ads which say that bring your old jewelry and get it uh, exchanged for HUID, etc. I think if this trend continues, you know, resistance to this will be uh, very weak in a few, couple of years. As of now, what we hear is that the government is clear on June 30th. They have given enough time to, you know, uh, sell the old jewelry. And I don't think it should be a problem. And the consumers can also be sure of, you know, getting a good... Uh return for the old jewelry that they could be selling absolutely and we spoke about recycling in the previous question you see yeah. if you have huid recycling becomes that much easier right i mean you know it is a 22 carat jewelry you will get the right price there will be an exchange which will give you a benchmark right so all this will be joined up in the next couple of years if we can do this uh, it is it is in our view a very very informative step uh, but like many big changes, you know, Aadhaar was also, you know, we had issues about Aadhaar a couple of years ago. Today, we don't even question it. We've got, we've seen the benefits of Aadhaar. It is very similar to that. And how do you see the investors' uh, interest to invest in gold, particularly the digital form of And, you know, what are the changes that WGC is saying in this investing of gold in all sorts, I mean, all sorts of form, including digital? You see, when you talk of digital, the first thing that comes to your mind is ETFs. It's a very small portion. It has grown in the last few years since uh, lockdown, but it is still very, very small as compared with the overall demand. You see, the AUM is about less than 50 tons. I don't know the exact figure now, but uh, when you look at an annual demand of 800 tons, uh, AUM, which is, you know, hardly uh, this thing is, uh, it's a static figure is uh, about less than 50 tons. So it is not very big. But having said that, we have seen uh, people are uh, looking at ETFs, okay? those who are having a, an understanding of the capital market. We have seen these uh, digital platforms which sell gold like MMTC, PAM, Safe Gold, etc. They have grown leaps and bounds, still minuscule, but they are going leaps and bounds. What they lack today is a regulatory framework. So that I think is being discussed various levels and a regulatory framework for digital gold accumulation plans will be a very, very good thing for the industry as well. Points are very, very well enunciated, very, very valid points. I hope the government listens to this podcast to get a few tip off at least for the next budget. I Thank you very much, sir, for your insightful views. 